Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What? Do what? <laughs> let the dogs out. You know, like, who let the dogs out? Who, who? Off the Hook, airing on offthehooksports.com. Your home for real news, real opinions, and what really matters about Tennessee athletics. Always available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, iHeart. Like, share, follow, subscribe. Always available wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Good morning to you and yours. Hope you had a fantastic Thanksgiving. She's Amanda LaFrada. I'm Dave Hooker. Amanda, how are you? How was your Thanksgiving? It was great. A lot of uh, a lot of family time, just via basically, not Facebook, but via Zoom, uh, just because everybody's everywhere. But a lot of that, a lot of fun, fun times and announcements and stuff. So it was good. It was good. Good. Yeah. I uh, completely overate, which I guess you're supposed to do. So I hope you had a fantastic Thanksgiving. We thank you for tuning into the show as we were off for Thanksgiving weekend for some uh, rest and relaxation and a lot of eating. Good morning to you, Brittany. Good morning to you, Smoky Mountain Red. We appreciate you being with us and a lot to talk about. So the down and dirty at 30, we start every show each weekday at 8. 30 Eastern time and the down and dirty at 30 today is brought to you by Zach England of best and Brock. Zach England is a personal injury attorney in the Chattanooga area that will take care of you. He brings you Ron Slay each and every Wednesday and Zach has got your back. He can match wits with the, the attorneys that the insurance companies use and make sure that you are taken care of if it comes to litigation. So that's Zach. Good morning, Joey. All right, let's get to it. The down and dirty at 30. Tennessee responded despite all of the issues that were ongoing last week. And yeah, I, I think that certainly the altercation between Hendon Hooker and Jeremy Banks was something that, that happens that escalated beyond what it should be. Um, I thought that they were really upset about uh, some national cynics, particularly Kirk Herbstreet calling them out saying they were going to lose to Vanderbilt. Uh, there was a lot of noise, and you have to give Tennessee credit, Amanda, on a nasty, rainy night that, as a media member, I wouldn't have wanted to be there. Uh, I'm sure they didn't want to be there. 
they took care of business. I was pretty impressed. Yeah, they looked like a completely different team. And I think a lot of Tennessee fans pointed that out on, you know, on Twitter. Like, this is this is not the same team we saw last weekend against South Carolina. And you kind of wonder why that is. Like, is, is Jeremy Banks that big of, of, a, of a factor in these things? Or there's rumors that the, you know, people are saying it looks like the defense laid down against South Carolina. I don't know either way, but they did, they did look like a completely different team. Yeah. And, and did it with a running game. I don't think from talking to Jacob and Cooper that the cameras did the weather justice. So uh, I know a lot of people have been really hard on Joe Milton and rightly so he overthrows a lot of people down the field and that's got to be addressed at some point, but, but Hendon Hooker did the same thing. So remember that. Hendon Hooker's downfield accuracy was very questionable, and then he sort of figured things out. So I think there's an incredible upside for Joe Milton. Um, and Joe Milton is has got to develop that deep ball if he's going to flourish in this offense. There's no question about that. But as for Saturday, I believe firmly, Amanda, that the – the game plan adjusted when they saw the rain was really consistent. Talking to Cooper, and you can go on our YouTube page and watch that. He said it's the slickest conditions and field that he's been on. It was that artificial turf stuff. Something tells me that Vanderbilt spends more in their laboratories than they do their football field. And I um, I, I just don't think the, the camera did it justice after talking to those guys. I think it was slick and it was terrible. And I think they said early on in the first quarter after the Joe Milton deep pass, we can push these guys around. Let's run it. But they did so with a hodgepodge offensive line that had like three guys hurt at the same time. So, um, again, just just really impressed with how the balls played. Yeah, I mean, they they looked great. They, they looked like the Tennessee team that we were used to seeing all year and just somehow dropped off at South Carolina. That's that's the one thing is just people have continuous continuously said said on Saturday was this does not look like the same Tennessee team at South Carolina. What happened? Like really, what happened? I think we're all wondering, and we're probably never going to know. I think it was I think it was a mix of a lot of things. I think there was a, listen. There are fights in locker rooms all the time. There are altercations, but I think this one was particularly a little over the top. That's why. Jeremy Banks was suspended. I think that uh, Tennessee, um, as Chris Landry has pointed out, and he will join us a little bit later in the program, has kind of a narrow window there. If things don't go their way in the passing game, then they've, they've got some issues. Yes, they can run the ball, but part of that is because they scare you with the way they throw the ball. So I think there was that going on. If Tennessee had any chance of a comeback, the Hendon Hooker injury certainly ended that, just emotionally, the emotional boost. So I think it was a lot of, I don't want to say little things, but a lot of significant things, but not one major catastrophe that happened. Um, and I'll tell you the other thing that, you know, Chris and I talked about, I, I can't remember if it was on Chalk Talk or with you, Amanda, but he mentioned, you know, this defense has played a lot of snaps for a lot of games and their, their legs were rubbery in the second half. No matter what happened in the first half, their legs were rubbery. So Arthur says, I think uh, Jeremy Banks is like having another coach on the field for the defense. We all have perfect problems. No one is perfect, right? The what if 
for the Georgia and South Carolina game has, and then he's held off. But uh, yeah, I think the Jeremy Banks is very important to what they do up front defensively. So not having him regardless of the situation makes you more limited in what you can do on defense. There will always be the what if, and certainly Tennessee's players and coaches will have to live with that because after what happened in the weekend, they would firmly be in the college football playoff, I believe, if they hadn't lost against South Carolina. I don't think there's any doubt. Do you? No. I I think that if they didn't lose to South Carolina, and even if they had lost a a fairly close game, it would have – they would have still been really, really in the up in the rankings. They would have been in that, you know, are they going, are they not question. But I think the way they lost to South Carolina is, is put them out of that. Here's the other thing that we don't factor in as much because you'll look at it from one team's perspective since we mostly talk about Tennessee. Let's give South Carolina some credit. I mean, they, oh, yeah. they go and beat Clemson too, who you and I don't really like and never thought they were – an elite team, but still to beat Tennessee and Clemson in back-to-back weeks is, is pretty impressive. So I don't, I don't know what was going on early in the season with South Carolina, but if I'm South Carolina's administration, I'm, I'm curious, but because it looks like they didn't figure out what Spencer Rattler was. No. Cause he, I mean, against Clemson, I think he threw two interceptions, but still, I mean, his performance in the last two games was by far better than anything we've seen from him all season. So, yeah, if I'm South Carolina, I'm, I'm going, well, what's happening? And I hear a lot from South Carolina fans, and it's, you know, their offensive coordinator, I think, is, is where they have an issue. And I can understand that. Yes. Um, now, let's look at the college football playoff and the potential bowl destinations uh, in which – Tennessee could go to. So Tennessee got some help from a couple of losses in that Ohio State got hammered by Michigan. I think that takes one team out of the equation at this point. Uh, again, we're talking about a two-loss Tennessee team. Otherwise, they're in. Um, now, when you look at some other losses, I thought LSU losing would preclude them from winning. They're a three-loss team now, winning the SEC championship and jumping over Tennessee. So in my opinion, and I kind of got ripped, I guess, for a headline, which goodness knows I've gotten ripped for headlines a lot. But is there a chance they make the college football playoff? Like 5%. Okay, so I don't want anybody to misread what I'm saying or trying to get you hyped up for a college football playoff. It's probably not going to happen. But the only way I, that it could possibly happen, possibly, TCU has to get hammered, hammered. Um. Southern Cal has to get beat in the Pac-12 championship game. And then the committee has to look at Tennessee and Alabama in the same vein that I would. And that is there's a head-to-head matchup. That, to me, would be the defining factor. It wouldn't be breaking down good wins, bad wins, good losses, bad losses. But right now, the college football playoff committee has Alabama head. So if it's like the old AP where you have to jump them, I don't see how you had the opportunity to jump them. But if it's like the call, if you look at it as a whole, that would be the defining factor for me. But it wasn't last week, and I don't have any reason to believe it will be this week. Yeah, I think a lot of people take the college football playoff and they take the rules and regulations exactly like they take the Heisman rules and regulations and try to 
try to play it out and say, okay, well, if it's character, if it's this, if it's that, then it's going to be this person. And it never works out that way because the Heisman Creed said character for a long time. And we all know that that was false considering, you know, Johnny Manziel and Jameis Winston and Cam Newton. I mean, there's a difference in what it's defined as and what people actually vote on. The college football playoff is from the the many years that I've watched the the show and everything, it seems a lot more, it leans a lot more on what have you done for me lately versus your body of work. It looks to me like it's more centered on what team are you in week 12? Like what do you look like in week 12 versus what you looked like in week four? Okay. Well, let me ask you, should it be that? Because if you look at the college basketball playoff selection committee, it does factor in the last 10 games. It does factor in if you've got a, a player that's not going to participate because of injury or whatever else, it, it does factor that in. They're open and honest about that. As far as the stipulation for the college football playoff, the breakdowns are our head to head. That's one of them. Conference champion will be given an edge. Um, so the, should it be who is playing the best on what's December 2nd, 3rd, um, on Saturday? Should it be who's playing the best on the third or should it be the body of work? Cause if it's that, that's, that's my question to me, it should be the body of work because, because of the way football is different from basketball. Yeah. I, I can see it both sides, but honestly, and, and Tennessee is a great example of this. If you see them lose Hendon Hooker, you're going to keep them out. And the reason being is because that was what brought right or wrong. That was what brought the audience. Hendon Hooker, everyone loved Hendon Hooker. You know, everyone rooted for Hendon Hooker because Hendon Hooker is, is that guy. You know, you, you root for him. He doesn't have explicit written across his nails. You know, he... Caleb Williams, yeah. Yeah. He has a, the F bomb Notre Dame. Yeah, that's shit. I don't want to talk about nails and like football. I just feel like they don't mix very well. But no. anyway, um, you have, you know, you had Hendon Hooker. And I I know we addressed this earlier, like if Georgia lost a big, you know, Stetson minute's not that big of a deal, but obviously he's the best one that they have. So if they lost Stetson Bennett with a college football playoff, take that in consideration. Should they? No. Would they? Yes. Because you know you're not getting the same team that you looked at and saw the whole season. If, if Caleb Williams went down with an injury right now, USC would be out of it. Completely out of it. Uh, CJ Stroud for Ohio State would be out of it. But according to ESPN, Ohio State still has like an 88% chance to make it. So that blowout yeah. win or loss – against Michigan, they're not going to factor at home. That's going to be out the window. I mean, honestly, that's what's going to happen is they're going to take Ohio State's complete body of work, even though it is crap. They're going to take that and they're going to put Ohio State in. So all of the, you know, Twitter back and forth between Alabama and Tennessee going, Alabama should be in, Tennessee should be in. You know, how can Alabama be ranked ahead of Tennessee? It's all null and void. Because they're putting Ohio State in there. And I 
I think it's stupid and I hate it, but I think that's what's going to happen. I think I, I actually think that Ohio State will be left out if if things play out the way they should, and that'd be Southern California and TCU winning. Yes, if they went out, then Ohio State would be left out. But if anybody thought that Tennessee or Alabama had a shot at it, yeah, like if USC loses to Utah again, or if TCU loses in the Big 12 championship, if anybody thought that Alabama or Tennessee had a shot, they don't. They're going to put Ohio State in there. And I think that's absolutely ridiculous. Um, I don't think Ohio State deserves it. But I do believe that they will put Ohio State in there ahead of everybody else. So I find this very interesting. Okay. So I have long said that I would go with a formula over a committee. And I was so disheartened when they said they had a playoff in place and they're going to go with a committee. I was like, Oh, you've got to be kidding me, but that's what they're going to do. So they're going to go with a committee. We've seen that uh, for some time now, but I always thought a formula would be the best way. And I know the BCS early got ripped because it had margin of victory. That leads to running up the score. Take that out. Make it just, you can put together a committee to come together on a formula. But I think the reason is pretty obvious. They want to have that TV show. Because once we found out the formula, we could all do it ourselves on a Saturday night or Sunday morning. So I'm sure you know who number one in the BCS would be right now if if the bcs formula was was in place uh, this is actually according to uh, saturday down south so georgia would be number one right Uh, i think michigan would be number one actually georgia's number georgia's number one michigan would be number two now who do you think would be number three the old bcs formula Mm, uh, USC? The TCU uh, would TCU. actually be number three. And I think the reason is because people haven't looked at the Big 12 enough. That's a good conference from one to eight, which most conferences can't say. So I don't think it's a great conference. It may not have an elite team. We'll see what TCU does. Uh, it may. But it's a, they've got some good wins in their conference schedule. Number four, which goes to your point. Do you want to guess who that would be? I don't like guessing these things. (laughs) Ohio State would be number four. Yep. Yowch. I know. Over Southern Cal. I mean, Southern Cal has a loss. they, They can still win a conference championship, which just wouldn't factor that in. And then Southern Cal didn't get hammered at home. Um, I mean, that wasn't even a, that wasn't even a game. I watched that game, the Southern Cal and <clears throat> was it Utah, Utah and Southern Cal. I actually watched that game at a bar when I was in Arizona. Um, and it was, a, it was a really crazy game. There's no defense at all, but it was, it was like, a, it was a really, actually a really good game. I was surprised because I wasn't expecting that from the Pac-12, but no, the BCS takes into account the biggest thing they take into account is win and losses and who you lost to. All they're looking at is Ohio State <clears throat> lost to Michigan. Michigan's number two in the or was number three in the nation. So that's what they're looking at. I mean, if you look at everything else, 
they've lost to, you know, they lost to Michigan and USC lost to Utah and Tennessee's lost twice and Alabama's lost twice. And that's, that's how it is. Ohio state's four. But see, I, a one point loss to a ranked team in Utah is not even close to what Ohio state. And I guess they, the latest BCS, which again, this is based off the equation. This is not what they're going to go by, but the latest BCS took out um, uh, margin of victory. So maybe that's a factor, but Ohio state, I guess because they lost a higher ranked team at the time would be ahead of Southern Cal in at number five. And then you get to the Tennessee Alabama debate. So who do you think would be ranked higher in the old BCS? The old BCS, as in the ones that didn't take into that took into account margin of victory, or did not take into did account. did not did not the the initial ones did like the first four years. I remember coaches like uncomfortable saying, "Well, they've done this to us. You have to put up style points." Yeah. Now it's more innate. You don't really know if that's happened or not. But where would you think Tennessee and Alabama and the old BCS would rank? Um, I think I, I think Alabama would be ahead. You're right. Yeah. You're I absolutely that's... right. And that, that surprised me um, when I saw it yesterday. So then Alabama would be over Tennessee at six and seven. And then it gets really quirky. Uh, you would have Penn State, Washington, Clemson, Kansas State, LSU, Utah. So I, I, I just be honest with you. I look at some of these numbers and they don't make any sense to me. I mean, I, I don't understand. Yeah. I just, I go back to the head to head Tennessee, Alabama. I go back to the the way that Michigan beat Ohio State and the way that ultimately, if you look at it, uh, Southern Cal got beat by uh, by Utah. Those don't even seem comparable to me. So yeah, I don't know if strength of schedule, maybe up to 21 points needs to be in it. If, if we were to redo this thing, Amanda, what, what would you think? I'm going to pitch this idea to you, okay? You are now... Mark Emmert, except way smarter, the head of the NCAA, like not even close. Okay. Okay. Here's my idea. This committee thing is neat and good and we get television ratings, but for the integrity of the game, I want you to do this. I want you to use the old BCS formula and the margin of victory maxes out at 21 points. So there's no point in running up the score. That's what I'm doing. That's what I think would be best for the integrity of the sport. Uh, Mark LaFrada, what do you say? <laughs> Mark LaFrada. Ooh, that's, I mean, that's honestly tough. There's there's no right answer. In you, lose your t- you lose your TV show that you're making money off of because anybody can get the formula and do it on Sunday morning. So you're losing the TV show. Yeah. I mean, if I'm not mistaken, it's been – really close to bcs like the they do the bcs rankings and the playoff has almost hit it every single year so maybe there is really that's all they're going on at the end of the season and the tv show is just here to get viewership 
I mean, seems like that's a plausible thought there. Um, I mean, I think you're right, but people are always going to have an argument, you know, for, for a, a team or a school. And it's always, there's always going to be a, you're biased towards this team or you're biased towards that team. I mean, nobody's ever, you know, that I think what really, really hurt Tennessee was that loss to South Carolina and not just losing to South Carolina, but how they lost to South Carolina. If, if they didn't lose to South Carolina, I think we'd be having a completely different situation in which I could, I could, argue that Tennessee deserves to be in there. But that loss to South Carolina is really, I think that took out Tennessee's hopes. Yeah. I think if you're, if you're Tennessee, you're definitely in without the loss to South Carolina. I oh, think yeah. you're rooting for Georgia to lose for, it's not a home game, but kind of home field advantage to be able to play in the, uh, the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl, which is one of the semifinal games. So, I think that's what you're hoping for, but you know, again, the loss to South Carolina is what it is. I mean, it was it was bad, and it wasn't a fluky game at all. You can't point to it and say that oh, Tennessee turned the ball over five times. You know, it was slippery, whatever. There's just a, a lot of ways it's very difficult to say to yourself that Tennessee deserves a big shot, um, and that's why I put it at five percent. Arthur said we need to be realistic and honest. I think, thank you. Dave uh, had some strong points. The Tennessee team has a 5% or less chance to sneak in the college football playoff. The best thing for Tennessee scenario, TCU and USC loss. Joe says Hendon being out hurts us too. It does. It reminds me of the John Higgins situation. He was a point guard for Tennessee, and Tennessee was the 65th team on the board. 64 make the tournament. So the Vols did not make the tournament, and part of that was John Higgins. And if you lose a star player of that ilk, it will affect you. Um, oh, yeah. So Absolutely. And especially without, you know, them going off of the BCS formula, if they're getting away from that and, and it's somebody, it's a committee that is looking at all aspects of it, losing your star player, that's going to boot you immediately. I mean, unless you are just dominant everywhere else and you, and you you lose them at the very end, but you've won everything. If you lose that guy, they're going to kick you out of the college football playoff and solely because of TV rankings. Yep, I agree. Right or wrong. I mean, that's a factor. And uh, we uh, are going to visit with Chris Landry, get his thoughts on the weekend. And uh, portions of the program brought to you by AndyMasonRealEstate.com. AndyMasonRealEstate.com. Andy and his crew have over 40 years of experience in real estate in Knoxville, and they've got two business principles that they work by. Number one is the best service. Number two, the best prices. You can win with that, and you will win in the real estate business. Don't make some sort of mistake that's going to cost you thousands and thousands of dollars. Go to andymasonrealestate.com. I also have been fortunate enough to undergo my LASIK procedure. I can see clearly up close, far away. It's fantastic, and it's brought to you by Campbell Cunningham, Taylor, and Hahn. My vision is brought to you by Campbell Cunningham, Taylor, and Hahn. <laughs> and I certainly want to thank those fine fellows for taking care of me, and it's all local. They're not just flying in from all over the country to do a surgery, and then you never see your doctor again. I saw mine. He gave me the checkup. It's fantastic, so I highly recommend 
checking them out. Chris Landry in two minutes. Hang with me off Doug Sports. Sun, sand, and salt water, the beach is a very relaxing place. Unless you wear contacts. Ow! Open your eyes to the best the beach has to offer with LASIK Vision Correction from Campbell Cunningham Laser Center. Ah. Hey folks, Gary Viles here, Viles Automotive on Callahan Drive. I've been selling cars here in East Tennessee for 27 years. In that time, I've come to realize it's not about the car. It's about you, the customer. So I'm here to take care of you just like family. Good credit, bad credit, you name it, we can get you taken care of. If we don't have it, we can find it for you. We go across the country to get any vehicle that you want. And here at Viles Automotive, we don't believe in fake numbers. We just give you great deals. And as always, we want, we need, and we appreciate your business. Do you want to own the more that owns every job? Then get the Vasti Lawn and Garden in Cleveland and get you a Toro. I'm David Vasti, here to talk to you about Toro. With a Toro Zero Turn, you'll get more out of every minute and you'll reach the finish line faster. At Vassy's, we like to say, no matter if you're mowing three acres a week or 11 lawns a day, homeowners and business owners alike find confidence in equipment they can trust from top to bottom. Vassy Lawn and Garden, Highway 60 North in Cleveland. Man alive, it's worth the drive. This is Steve Rain. I own the Midnight Oil and Michelin Tire Direct service station here in Ottawa. It's not a fancy place, never has been. But it's a clean place with clean restrooms and good folks who work here. We sell gas, fix cars, nothing glamorous, but we love what we do, and we're going to keep doing it for a long time to come. There's not many real service stations left, and that's a shame. We're the guys just like the guys back in your hometown. We'll fix your tire, change your oil, and put a new set of Michelins on your car. If you want a Twinkie, you'll just have to keep on going. Thanks for the business. Welcome back. We're going to get to Chris Landry. Talks of football over the weekend. Your thoughts on if Tennessee even has a shot at the college football playoff. They're better off just going to the Orange Bowl or the Sugar Bowl. That would be kind of cool as well, especially the Sugar. There's a lot of history there. Chris Landry of LandryFootball.com joins us now. Chris, how are you, sir? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? Fantastic. Chris's appearance brought to you in part by Nutrition World. NutritionW.com has all the supplements you have, and they're the highest quality supplements. So don't put something in your body from some acronym store that you might not react well to. That's Nutrition World. NutritionW.com. Their e-commerce store is through the roof. So, Chris, your thoughts on the way Tennessee responded first. And I want to get your thoughts on the top four teams as you see it, just X's and O's. Is in that could make the college football playoff. But first, I thought Tennessee responded in a really favorable fashion, and there was a part of me that thought things could go off the rails at times last week, and they didn't. And kudos to Tennessee, their first 10-win season since 2003. You know, we discussed last week that, you know, we'd find out this coming week whether there was, quote-unquote, dissension or problems, and and I think they kind of showed that um, that's not the case. Uh, they played very well. They played a Vanderbilt team. That's Listen, I'm, it's not built them up to be very good, but by Vanderbilt standards, they're improved. 
and they had played well. They did a good job against Florida and they won. And so they shouldn't be dismissed to, to dominate the Vanderbilt team. That's what you're supposed to do. And they did it. Um, and, you know, uh, they did it without Hendon Hooker and did it with Joe Milton, who's a little up and down, um, but did a nice job. So I thought they responded in a big way. And, you know, a lot of um, – with a lot lost last week in more ways than one, you could you could create a scenario where, oh, boy, this could be a – who knows? It's not just dissension, but just when you lose and you lose seemingly everything – you know, in terms of, you know, maybe not your preseason goals, but, you know, what you think are your goals, it, it, it's a it's – sometimes it's tough to come back. They, they had none of that. They, they, they were dominant. They absolutely were. Please hit that like button. We greatly appreciate it. Uh, if you'll hit like, more people will be attuned to what we do each and every weekday at 8.30 Eastern. We appreciate that. And if you haven't subscribed, please do so as well. But be sure and hit that like button. Chris? If you were the czar of college football, which I have pushed for for many of the years. Oh, boy. <laughs> who would, I, I got enough headaches, but go ahead. <laughs> yeah, amen to that. Uh, who, would, who would be the, the four best teams on the LCS, the Landry Championship Series Bowl? Well, here's the thing about that, and I know what you're saying. The four best teams, um, you still got to go out and win games and, and produce. And, that, and that usually there's the, the, there's a correlation there. You know, the teams that are the best usually win most of the games. But as we've talked about it times, different teams at different points during the season are up and down based upon any number of circumstances. That's including the teams and the opponents that they're playing and when and where, all of those things. So who the best four teams are, I mean, <laughs> I thought Tennessee was better than South Carolina. True. It, it didn't happen. I thought Alabama was better than Tennessee. You know, I thought LSU was better than AM. and uh, Okay, you know, so my point is, is you still have to go out there and take care of business. Uh, I think the four, I mean, look, I think it's pretty clear. I think Georgia, Michigan, and I, I think TCU is likely in. Uh, even if they lose. Uh, and, and they just can't get blown off by Kansas State. But I think that's – I don't think we have four teams right now. I mean, I think we've got those three teams that played really well. And USC, absolutely, if they win, they deserve to be in. Look, they they may not be a complete team. They may have deficiencies on defense. But they've won. And they've won against a couple of really good opponents – lately a couple of really good opponents – they played pretty well all year. They've had their moments like everybody else. They play all that well against Oregon State. Very good team, by the way. Um, good team, by the way. Shouldn't didn't put the very in there. Um, and then they lost to uh, to Utah in a very controversial fashion on the road. And so look, they they deserve to be where they are. I, I think that it's going to be pretty clean. I think the only thing would be is if USC loses, and if USC loses then that's the committee's nightmare. And it's, it's going to be either Ohio state or Alabama. I think that's, I think it's going into this week. We know we're going to know Tuesday night for certain, because the way it is Tuesday night is going to be the way it is next Sunday. 
because, you know, it's the only thing is going to be the teams that are playing. You know, USC plays their way in, or they likely play their way out. There's nothing that Ohio State, Alabama, or anybody else can do that's not in the conference championship weekend. They can't improve themselves. I mean, they can only replace somebody that falters, which is another whole conversation I don't want to get into. If you think about that, when you're in a position to where you can benefit from somebody losing that has earned their way to play in the conference championship, it kind of gives you an idea why the system is not a very good one. Not that there's a per- ever going to be a perfect one, but that that's uh, there's something to be said for playing this weekend, you know. And I, I will say this: I think you, I kind of somebody coined this phrase one time, and I thought it was really good. I don't remember who it was, I, I, but on this weekend, you're either playing or you're praying because. <laughs> You got nothing you can do about it if you're not playing. That's very, that's very, very true. We see a lot of, and I'm sure you've seen it on social media, where Tennessee and Alabama fans are going at each other about this, you know, possible playoff spot that I think is um, probably not going to happen for either fan base. Uh, What's your opinion between that whole Tennessee-Alabama debate? Who do you feel like? deserves it or what have you, what, what do you think about that? Well, first of all, I mean, I think the committee made their statement in, in Tennessee's, I mean, they're, they're out. I mean, they're, they've got no shot. They made the statement last week when they said, you know, they put them down at 10. Now they're going to move up ahead of Clemson and, and Oregon, but there's what they said. And in, in a big part of it is this is not the same team without Hendon Hooker. So, Fair, unfair, you know, and I'm not saying that's fair. And that part of me think it's really unfair. But I think that when it comes close, you know, people are going to, and rightly so, let's make the argument for Tennessee, they beat Alabama. If the game doesn't matter, then why the hell play it? You know, so <laughs> they, they earned it, you know. But it's not about just the head-to-head. Okay, well, they both got the same record. You got to look at the entire season. And I think the bottom line is – there's a number of things at play. There's a lot more, you know, innate respect for Alabama, you know, where Tennessee's kind of the new kid that is playing really well. They will look at Alabama. I mean, this is, this is not me. This is the committee. They'll look and say two close losses. Tennessee was not that competitive against Georgia. If you studied the game, they got, Gosh, they got hammered by South Carolina. That's a bad, bad look. And you can't dismiss those games. And, you know, you could look at Alabama and say, well, who's Alabama beating? If you think about it, the best win that they have, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, anybody, you know, just Texas, that's your options. So there's not a good argument there. And it's not a good, well, who, as I said earlier, I think Alabama's a better team, but Tennessee beat them. You know I mean? So that's why I say, like, if I was picking who I think is better, who would have a better chance to be successful in the playoffs of the two, it'd be Alabama. But that that's not the reason to put them in or not put them in. But I think that the committee made the statement. That's why I said I think they're completely out because there's, you know, I could be wrong. I mean, I'm, I'm, I don't, it's dangerous to think about what the committee might say, but, 
maybe they look at 56 nothing over Vanderbilt and say, man, they're every bit as good as Joe Milton, not with Joe Milton. I think they moved him down because without Hendon Hooker, they're not the same team. It's just like, and, and that's a big part of what they, I mean, it's, it's not something that gets talked about a lot, but that is the biggest reason, quite frankly, is if a player is injured in the early part of the season and a team loses a game or two, and then he comes back and they really look great, that's going to have an effect on, Hey, wait, you know, they're a lot different. Tennessee's suffering. That South Carolina loss was as bad as the embarrassment was getting 60 scored on you. The worst thing that happened in that game for a number of reasons is Hendon Hooker getting injured. First of all, for that young man and what he's done, it's a shame, but the injury factor in football is 100%. But that perception of that team, and, you know, a lot of people say, well, that's not fair, and I I can certainly understand that argument because they won with Hendon Hooker when they won, but now they're also looking. Look, it's close. If it's close, they're looking for things to separate. And, again, I'm fine if they want to put Tennessee in, but why this week and not last week? Because, I mean, nothing's changed this week. Chris, how would, last week. Yeah. I would argue this, and I'm really not arguing it. I'm probably playing devil's advocate. I would say this to, to that question. There was some recency bias in the way that Tennessee lost to South Carolina. So mm-hmm. I'm, play, I'm playing the part of Tennessee won the head-to-head against Alabama. So sure. if, if, if I play that part, I'm telling you there, there's some recency bias that ultimately when it comes down to it, they'll look at those two teams. Now, I agree with everything you said, by the way, and I think the hooker thing is a huge factor. But I, I, I look at those two teams and I say one beat the other. That's simple, mm-hmm. darn, that's simple darn football right there to me. Yeah, to me. which is why I'd have no problem if they put them in. I'm just telling you what I think the committee's doing. It doesn't matter. I mean, it's fine to say, ah, it doesn't matter what I think. And, and, I don't, and, I, and just because I might think one team is better – I thought Alabama was better going into Knoxville and I thought they would win. They didn't. So what difference does it make? Do I think is better and all that? I mean, it doesn't really matter. Um, I Here's the bottom line is I think if USC loses, we got a problem in that. We don't really have a team that deserves the fourth spot, but we got to put a fourth team in. Alabama doesn't deserve it. I don't think Tennessee deserves it. I don't think Ohio State deserves it. But you got to have four. So, of the ones that we think have all had their chances and just have fallen short, you got to put somebody in. And I think everyone's going to have an argument. You're going to have the, okay. Um, and, and, again, I think we're going to see how far Ohio State drops. I don't think they're going to drop below um, uh, Tennessee. And I don't know. I don't know what the committee is going to do between Ohio State and Alabama. That's the most fascinating thing. Not where the top is. It, that's not – Tuesday night is going to be where is Ohio State, where is Alabama. Because the committee, not me, I got nothing to do with it. The committee has spoken that Ohio, well, Ohio State was, was ranked really high, was obviously ranked two. How far did they drop? And then Alabama was ranked ahead of Tennessee. Well, if they were ranked ahead of Tennessee last week – they didn't play. Alabama and Tennessee didn't play last week. I mean, so the point is, is if they just determine that right or wrong, that Alabama was ahead of Tennessee, what happened this weekend 
to make them j- jump Tennessee over Alabama. I don't, I don't see the logic in that. Meaning that doesn't. That's basically saying you screwed up last week. I, I don't. I don't know what it really means because there's nothing to change it. Tennessee an impressive win. Alabama, you know, one. Imp- I mean, you know what? What do you really make of it? I don't think it's it's fair for anybody. Look, there's there's no Tennessee fan that that you're gonna not gonna convince any T fan, any Tennessee fan that they shouldn't be in. You're not gonna convince any Alabama fan that they shouldn't be in. You're not gonna convince any Ohio State fan. That's the way it works. Objectively speaking, it is hard for me to say who's most deserving. Um, Ohio State's only had one loss. Ohio State has beaten Penn State and Notre Dame, which are two better teams than Alabama's beaten. Um, but, you know, Alabama playing – I mean, I, it's just – right now I just I think it's a, it's a real – but I think it's Ohio State-Alabama based on what the committee said and whatever they – you know, and, and none of it – I can tell you, you know they're, they're hoping that – USC wins because it's clean oh, cut yeah. then because then I don't think there's any argument there. We're all discussing and I, I I actually don't know what they would do if I'm TCU. I wouldn't wouldn't be all comfortable if I lost to Kansas State that I'm going to keep the spot because they've seen that happen before in Fort Worth. But I actually think TCU is deserving of being in even if they lose. They made their conference championship game. You can say, well, if they lose it, well, you know what? They earned their right to play. And by the way, the Big 12 is very balanced and very good. I'm not going to take the fact that, and remember, you don't remember this as a few years ago, TCU went from three to six because they didn't play in a conference championship game that year. Could you imagine if they play Kansas State and they lose them, they get knocked out because they're playing in a conference championship game? Brands matter, but I think TCU has done enough this year. Not that they're going to do anything once they get into the playoff. They may get rolled. I don't know. But they've done enough. They are unbeaten in the regular season, and we're talking about teams with one loss and getting blown out, two losses. They've earned it. And if they lose this week, to me, I still think it might affect their seeding, maybe their fourth. Maybe they got to play Georgia first and get run. But I think to me, the way it's shaping up this year, that they should get in. Um, and I, I reserve my right to change my mind after watching it, but because I, I think Kansas State's got a great chance to beat them. But I still think that they're going to be in. <clears throat> We've seen in the in the college football committee playoff ranking, whatever you want to call it, that's, it's just a lot of words to try to say what we're talking about. Um, but we've seen them – make judgments like that in the past where they say conference championship matters and then they take Ohio state and jump Penn state who wins, you know, their conference championship and they put Ohio state in the playoffs and then Auburn wins or Auburn goes in the sec West and they put Alabama in the playoffs. So it's hard really to go by their, mm-hmm. their creed or what have you. Cause I have, I've seen it and I think we've all seen it, but it's, you know, it doesn't seem like it plays out that way most of the time yeah and it's just like head to head i mean i I, yeah i I hear everything dave said and i agree with it i mean all my years in the nfl it's a big tiebreaker tiebreaker head to head that's the first thing and if you're deciding in between two teams that's what you should decide and if you've got two losses two losses and and 
not only that, Tennessee's got uh, they got the win over Alabama. Uh, you know, they got a win over LSU, which which beat Alabama. So they not only have the head to head, Dave and Amanda, Tennessee does, but they've also been more successful against a more difficult schedule. Um, you know, they've had more success, more impressive wins. Now, there again, to Amanda's point, it's like, well, you know, and this is, they got more impressive wins, but they got worse looking losses. I mean, Alabama's strength is that not their wins, it's that if you look at Alabama and Tennessee and watch the game, there's not a whole lot that separated the two teams. I mean, you know, it's just, if you look at Alabama and LSU, and not a whole lot to separate the teams. But they still lost it, you know. And so you're not going to convince anybody. And, and, look, I agree if you're looking at it head-to-head, and it's then the head-to-head matters. Um, but they look at a lot of things. And it's part of the wiggle room that they have. Well, you know, because it's like, it's like statistics. You can take any argument and, and make a statistic turned into a pretzel to fit your argument. Well, that's not the way it works which is why I don't like it because when I look at it objectively, I look at it as who I think is better. Well, I mean, I'm not so sure that Alabama right now may not be as good or may not be as good or better than say TCU or USC. Doesn't mean they deserve to get in. So, you know, I mean, it's like, what is it? me? I'm more of the eye tests and study it, but that's not necessarily the most deserving and who deserves to be in, which is part of the problem. As I said, thought Alabama was better than Tennessee. Well, how'd that work out? What well, it didn't. So, you know, sorry, it's kind of how I see it. You still have to play better and you can't make a ton of mistakes. Well, if they wouldn't have had, 17 penalty well that's why you're not as good and you didn't win the game because you didn't play well you know so that matters um i think tennessee's i mean and, and look i all credit to shane who i've been hard on and, and and great win over for clemson still believe tennessee's better than south carolina but they got then they hammered them and they and, and it wasn't just a one game although they played well. They played a much better against Tennessee, but you know you got to win that game. And I mean, here's the here's the issue: it's it's a South Carolina game that's keeping Tennessee out of the mix. I mean, you got to take care of business there. And they say, well, you know, I, this, yes, it's all true. It's somebody's getting left out. Somebody's gonna be ticked off. Some yep. fan base. I guarantee is- you that. Don't know who, it, but it is. But it, somebody's gonna be ticked off. How how big of a deal do you think point differential is? I mean, I know it's all it's all relative, but the the biggest argument I'm seeing from Tennessee is Tennessee says head to head, you know, we beat Alabama, we should be in. Alabama said, well, we have two losses, but they were in last second plays and blah 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 blah. Your opinion on that? I think I think it factors in the committee a lot. I mean, I think it's pretty obvious. Again, I think it's the, you know, you hear this, that, you know, Alabama's, you know, four points away from being unbeaten. And, you know, they were a 
couple of plays from having four losses too. So, nice. you know, you know, so it's, it's yeah. And yes, the answer to that is yes, it matters. I, I, again, as it relates to Tennessee, which this audience, you know, most interested in, I think it's the loss to South Carolina and it's the loss of Hendon Hooker. That's what the committee, that's what the committee stated in last week's rankings. Not me. It's with the committee stated. I mean, it's they they had them behind Oregon and Clemson, and and you know, I I think they move up. Look, I don't know. I, I don't know what the committee is going to do. Maybe they got Tennessee five. I don't see that at all. I mean, because if they're at five, then why weren't they ahead of them last week? You know, that's a that because they were behind. In a good bit, and people look at the rankings. You ever look at the points and how they do it? They were way behind Alabama, and it, certainly they were way behind Ohio State. Understandably, Ohio State was unbeaten going in last week's game. So, how far does Ohio State drop? How far does that home loss getting beat down by Michigan? Did they drop from two behind Tennessee? I doubt it. Um, one loss. And it was a blowout, but you got Tennessee, really. You get blown out by Georgia. You get blown out by South Carolina. Ohio State, regardless of how I think they look or plan, they got one loss blown out at home, no doubt. But it's to Michigan, a team that is, points-wise, probably going to be challenging Georgia for the number one spot, although they'll be two. So I don't see Ohio State dropping below Tennessee. So I think, the obviously, we know why the Tennessee-Alabama argument is because the rivals, and they played one another. Uh, I think it's a possibility both Tennessee and Alabama fans are going to be ticked off, certainly if Ohio State finishes ahead of them. And this is all if USC loses, which I think USC is going to win, um, and I think TCU is going to be in. So all this discussion has been for naught. No, no, I'm just teasing. you got to have the hypotheticals, right, because people want to know that. But in the end, it usually works out. And – Everybody's going to look and say, what if? But I think that I know that the, the based on kind of what the committee chairman said, they, they look at this Tennessee team. It's not like they're holding it against them. They hand them up or nothing. It, it's a sad thing. But they don't see Tennessee as good. They look at them being a different team without Hendon Hooker. And, may, and that's I'm not saying it's right. That's what they look at, and I think that's that's the big difference. That and and you know that I'm telling you that South Carolina loss. People say, well, it doesn't look as bad since South Carolina beat Clemson. Yeah, to agree, pretty bad. You get 62 points scored on you against anybody's bad. That's about as bad looking a loss. So again, good wins. You know how good? I think I think all those things are in question. So I don't. I I'd love to sit here and you know. And, and BS and say, I mean, I don't want to BS. That's why I'm not. But say, I think Tennessee's got a good chance, as good a chance as anybody. I don't think they've got any chance. And I hope for this, people that are listening to this, that are pulling for 10, I hope that they get what they want. But to me, based on trying to understand this committee, and you guys are right, it's hard to figure it out. I think if they felt that way about Tennessee – and, and maybe, Dave, you're right. Maybe they just are reacting to the South Carolina loss, and now they say, well, you know, look, they dominated Vanderbilt. Maybe they flip it. 
I don't know. I, I don't know. I think that a big part of it is the Hendon Hooker factor. And I don't hear a lot of people talking about that. I think that's the biggest factor. They don't think this team is as good as the one that went through the regular season with Hendon Hooker. Right or wrong, that's how the committee sees it. And that's why I don't really think there's a chance. I hate saying it. And I apologize. I just, I'm not, I don't want to BS folks and say, you know, I think it's going to happen. And oh, the shock. I, I'd be shocked and I'd be happy for Tennessee if they found their way in. Cause I think they deserve it or don't deserve it as much as anybody else for that last spot. If USC loses. Yeah. It's yeah. Georgia is an elite team this year. Um, but not as elite as they were last year. It's it's interesting to me this whole the way this season's played out. It feels like there are four, maybe five teams that if things went right on a given day could win it. But uh, it's hard not to pick Georgia. Jan said the committee is subjective, not objective. That's the problem, in my opinion. I, I agree with that. I would go to a formula. They would lose their television show on Tuesday night. But that's that's what I would go with. Chris is. Appearance brought to you in part by Zul Beer Company, ZulBeer.com. That's XULBeer.com. You're absolutely going to love it. Worldwide award-winning craft beer in a great place in downtown Knoxville where you can actually park. How sweet is that? So, Chris, let's set aside the, the college football playoff uh, committee talk for a second and just get your thoughts on a big picture. There's no SEC championship game for Tennessee, so their regular season is done. Just a big picture of what type of step Josh Heupel's program took this year now that we've got a full slate of work. Well, it was a big step. It was, in some ways, a magical year um, that ended, you know, sour. You know what I always say. Everybody gets excited. I always say, let's got to finish. And, you know, we were talking a lot of the year. I know a lot of the fan base was. You guys brought it up because I know it's a big topic is – and then Hooker Heisman, Tennessee playoffs, and all of that is it's just, you know, in the end, you got to finish, and, and you you can't have that type of game that's going to cost you, which is why I respect so much. Well, look at what Georgia did. Two years in a row, unbeaten in the SEC. That's only happened two other times in the history of the conference. Steve Spurrier's Florida team, wow. Nick Saban's Alabama team. No one's done that. That's impressive. Um Tennessee's not there. They're not at that level. This was, to me, a really good team that had a quarterback that was very accomplished in how to run this offense, which is, I mean, it's obviously important in any offense, but when you're going to run so much tempo and you got to basically make decisions for yourself and you have to be coached what to call, and, and it's not a, a difficult call to call play because it's a, it's basically it's built into the offense, but you still have to have the recognition and see it. They had that. They had the receivers that stepped up. Thought the offensive line play was improved, particularly as it related to getting movement in the run game. And a lot of it is, you know, five, six-man boxes, but they did a really good job. And then as a result of running the football well, and they ran it great, by the way, against Vanderbilt, but they – when they've been successful, this is built around the running game first that slows down the pass rush. And the offensive line has done a really good job. I think that uh, the defense, when they were able to get leads, they were able to generate pressure, which it's easier to play defense when a team is 
going to eliminate one half of their offensive game plan. They can't run the football. So that's when their defense shine when it shine. But it's very vulnerable against really good teams that can throw it. You know, they didn't, they didn't play well against Alabama. They, they couldn't do much against Georgia. They didn't do it against South Carolina. That's a, a, a flawed point. I think the biggest thing is, and I'm just going to say it, that there's going to be an expectation that, all right, 10 and 2, this is what we're going to be now. I'm not ready to go there yet, okay? It's going to be a rebuild to some degree. I think there's still a lot of questions on not just how much more talented they can get on defense, but can they become an offense that, and I apologize, I've said this 10,000 times, but it's the truth that needs to be said. When they can become an offense that can be effective in four-minute and huddle and protect leads and allow their defense to have success, it's more than just getting better talent on defense. You've got to be able to create turnovers. You've got to be able to modify your offense, and you've got to do some things that can allow you to protect leads better, one, and allow you to have different ways to win a game. Because if you're going to be a team that is strictly built on the offense and the tempo, somebody's going to get you. The better teams, Alabama, Georgia, or more often than not are going to beat you. And then usually somebody else, this year's the South Carolina, might beat you in a shootout. Well, if you're, you've got to build your team to the point where you're good enough to not have your, your strength of your team be perfect or close to perfect and still win. The reason why Georgia wins most games and Alabama has done it is not because they play well every week. It's because when they don't play well, they're still good enough to beat you. And this part of the game fails. Another part takes Tennessee's built more narrow, more one-dimensional. And until they become more balanced, then what you see this year is about as good as they're going to get. Um, and, and that variable is going to change relative to your competition. What's your schedule look like? How does everybody else get better? Is South Carolina onto something, or is it just a little bit of a blip of a of an uptick? And you know, what I mean, I, I still think that as a program, um, you know, where is Tennessee? Well, this year they're the second best in the East. Is that going to be that in three years from now? Well, it is now. Why shouldn't it be? Well, we don't know. We don't know. We don't know if Billy Napier is going to do a really good job of recruiting and become more physical. Part of that is a what I call a coaching bias. I love this Tennessee offense. I love studying it. I love what Lincoln Riley did at Oklahoma and what he's doing at USC. But I like the ability to be physical, to be strong defensively, to be able to line up and huddle when I need to and run play action and do things. So a lot of it is I'm trying to come around to this is a way that can win it, win a championship doing this. To me, this looks like the great shooting team in basketball that mm. can't rebound a play defense, and if they have a cold shooting night, they go home. Now, if you're talking about the NBA, you got a seven-game series, 
you might be able to do that if you're Golden State. But in, in the NCAA tournament, you go home if you have a bad shooting night. I think this Tennessee team is built to where, again, against South Carolina, and everybody can talk about, well, there was distractions and all that. Yeah, maybe so. That's all part of what you got to deal with, too. But I will say this, that if those same distractions, those similar distractions take place at other places, you don't think they don't take place at Georgia or Alabama or whatever. You got to find ways to win games. And maybe you're not on. Maybe your quarterback gets hurt. You you know, what else can you do? Can you win with your defense? And I just say, you know, can they rely beating a really good team defense? I don't think Tennessee would have fared well if they make the playoffs. But it's that's really not the point either, you know. It's not about, well, how well you're going to do should determine whether you make it. You, you make it based upon whether you've earned it or not. But I just that's where I think. So that's a really long-winded answer. I apologize on what where the future is. I think I don't want to throw cold water on the future. Uh, quite the opposite. I think it can be really good. But I think I need to see more about what he's going to do and how he's going to do it. And I think getting a big commitment, which they did recently on the defensive side, that's a part of it. But what type of what are they going to do offensively to complement that? That's what I'm curious to see as they go forward, because that's going to be the answer to the question of, is this going to be something that's just going to be really good, like win nine games a year, which may be good enough. I don't know, you know, or uh, for the fan base, or can they, maybe once every five, six, seven years, you know, maybe win the division. If Georgia, with Georgia, you know, they're going to be there. And they may not be, like you said, Dave, they're not as good as they were last year, but they're good. And, you know, people say, well, they look good against Missouri. They won. They won not playing as well. And that's the, that's when you're a great program. It's not how good your A game is. It's how good your B game is, your C game is, and your ability to win in multiple ways. That's where I'm looking at Tennessee, and I've got – when I say questions, I'm not saying negative. I just want to see where they go because I think that's going to determine whether they can sustain this. Chris's appearance brought to you in part by Pedigo of Chattanooga. When it comes to e-bikes, you need to go to Pedigo Chattanooga. You can – Pedal around downtown, or you can make your purchase there and know that you got a quality e-bike. And Pedigo of Chattanooga is right there for you to make that purchase. If you buy one online, you're not going to have the same service, and you need to go to Pedigo of Chattanooga. Tell them Off the Hook Sports sent you. So, uh, Chris, last thing, who wins the SEC championship? Oh, that's easy. I mean, Georgia in, in a route. I mean, this is – and I say in a route, I mean, I – Georgia's going to be motivated for obviously it's SEC championship game. I think they felt like they really screwed up last year's conference championship game. And obviously they're playing an, an opponent that's not as good as la- the opponent that had to play last year. They felt they left, you know, and everything that they had, they wouldn't trade their championship, but they, they will look back and say, we don't have an SEC championship from last year. So I think they're in some ways they're playing for last year's championship this year. And they got a, an LSU team that I think they match up well against. I would expect the LSU to respond and play better. That was an ugly performance last week, uh, Saturday night against AM. 
I think Georgia wins, and uh, you know they'll they'll pound them away. You know Georgia, they don't they don't explode on you unless you turn it over three or four times and they get cheap points. They're just gonna grind it and grind it, and it's like against Georgia Tech. First half, Georgia Tech's playing with them. You just watch it and you see, okay, it's gonna boom, and before you know it, and you're watching it, you're, it's thirty to you know, it's four, 17, 14 or whatever, and it's thirty to fourteen. It's just that's what they'll. I don't think they'll win by that much, but I think they'll they'll win comfortably and um, likely get the number one seed. Chris, great stuff as always, man. We'll talk to you soon, later in the week. As a matter of fact, LandryFootball.com. That is some un- yeah, we'll, we'll, yeah. cover. Yeah, thank you so much. We'll we'll uh, we'll we'll know officially where the standings are. Yeah. Uh, so we'll we'll have that too. And I've got some folks doing Landry football working on what's going and what happened this weekend and the Auburn coaching search and what's going on and, and where that's headed. So yeah, a lot of coaching stuff as well. So check it out. We appreciate you guys having me as always. Thank you, buddy. I appreciate it, Chris. Thanks so much. Chris Landry of LandryFootball.com. And uh, coming up, I want to ask today's tough question. Should Hendon Hooker still be a Heisman candidate? Because we kind of wrote him off and I did a lot of thinking. I, I had a strict rule that I think I'm going to break this year concerning uh, my Heisman vote. Uh, I want to remind you that Guardian Investment Advisors, Guardian Investment Advisors, will develop your financial strategy and they'll give you the background to know exactly what that financial strategy is. So they don't just tell you what to do. They explain why you should do it. That is fantastic. And with video teleconferencing nowadays, you can get the best service from a a national company that will absolutely be able to steer you to uh, financial independence and retirement. We're all shooting for GIAplantoday.com, GIAplantoday.com. Tell them Off the Hook Sports sent you, and you will be well taken care of, and so will your financial future. Back in two minutes, I'm going to tell you why Hendon Hooker should be a Heisman candidate. has risen to the highest level in over 40 years, according to the April 2022 U.S. Inflation Calculator. Will your investments provide you the income you need in retirement? Are you losing purchasing power of your savings due to inflation? Simply stated, if the cost of goods and services are 8% higher and you're only earning 4% in your investments, that money buys you less of what you need. Right now is the time to act. Call Guardian Investment Advisors today. Hey folks, Gary Viles here. I want to personally invite you to North Knoxville's newest sports bar and restaurant. It's Big Orange Phillies, located in Black Oak Center. And yes, folks, it's happening in halls. Big Orange Phillies offers family-friendly environment with homemade meals and the best deli-style subs around. Billiards, darts, jukebox, shuffleboard, and cornhole, and a full bar. We also offer valet parking on weekends and during special events. We even have a covered back patio. It's happening at Big Orange Phillies. We want, we need, and we appreciate your business. Hi, Mike Davis here with City Heating and Air, reminding you to always dare to compare. Our team provides quality local heating and air service, installation, and maintenance across East Tennessee. We use only the best equipment like American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning for your residential, new construction, or commercial needs. Honesty, dependability, and customer satisfaction have been the cornerstones of our business since 1961. City Heat and Air. Dare to compare. 
This is Al's Desk Barbecue Supply, so come on in. See all the different rubs and sauces we have, plus a complete line of Green Mountain Grills. Don't be overwhelmed. We have plenty of help, so you can produce the best barbecue in a maze for your family and friends. Barbecue is America's food. We'll do what we can to bring you all the best products. We're Al's Nest Barbecue, where Chattanooga goes to grill. Got cataracts? We can fix that. Never miss another moment. With a little help from Drs. Campbell, Cunningham, Taylor, and Hahn at cctis.com. We do our research. Have you done your research? We're working like heck. Today's tough question. What's the real debate? You sipping my soup, Guadalupe? Exclusively on Off the Hook Sports with Dave Hooker and Amanda LaFrada. You drinking my sake, Kimosabi? Oh, my God. Out of three spots, should Hendon Hooker be on a Heisman ballot? Today's tough question is brought to you by Biles Automotive Group. They're on Callahan. Biles Automotive Group is about integrity. They want, they need, and they appreciate your business. And right there on Callahan, they have a great car selection, great service as well. Uh, Biles Automotive Group is fantastic. Also, Monday night football tonight, I encourage you to check out Big Orange Phillies if you're in North Knoxville because Big Orange Phillies has great food, family-friendly, and just a great place to hang out. You will love Big Orange uh, Phillies, which is North Knoxville, very close to uh, Powell, Halls, and Maynardville. So check it out. And they've got darts, billiards, the whole nine yards. So today's tough question. All right, Amanda. So you're better at phrasing these things. So I, it's a column that you can read on offthehooksports.com. We encourage you to check out the site. <clears throat> I had a really strong rule that if you missed more than a game, that you're not going to be a part of my Heisman ballot. And Hendon Hooker missed a game and a half. So I kind of just took him off in the back of my mind. I mean, I didn't consciously, and I think I've mentioned to you before, I really kind of hunker down uh, what I'll do Sunday when I put together my ballot. And I started thinking over the weekend, though, and part of it was probably a little bit sentimental because you know I like the guy. But the, the way he's bouncing around and the way he's on the sidelines and he made the trip, even though probably doctors would have told him to stay at home, but he went to Vanderbilt. You, know, you want that swelling to go down as fast as possible. And then instead he goes and he's supporting a team jumping around as much as he can. So I thought to myself, and I was talking with another Heisman voter, and he, he said he might still be on my ballot. And, and part of this is twofold. One, what he meant to Tennessee. Now, there's probably me covering Tennessee. that I know more about him than I do Caleb Williams. But you mentioned the F-bomb uh, Notre Dame uh, nails. That wasn't fantastic. Yeah. So, so that tells you a little bit more about his character. But so Caleb Williams is is probably going to win the award, especially after C.J. Stroud stumbled in the loss to Michigan. So that's probably who we're talking about, and I get that. Um, Stroud right now, if you look at the odds from Vegas, they're second. I'm going to go ahead and tell you I would have uh, Max Duggan, Duggan or Duggan, the TCU ahead of him. Um, but nevertheless, you're going to have a Stroud to over overcome to even get on somebody's ballot. 
Stetson Bennett could get the career award, but to me, that's not what the Heisman is about. It's about one season. So if you look at the odds, Hendon Hooker is, is not even on the list, but there's not a runaway winner this year. So, Amanda, am I crazy to think after missing a game and a half that Hendon Hooker should at least be on, you get three selections, should be on the ballot? Is that insane? I don't think that's insane. I think Hendon Hooker's done a lot for Tennessee. I think he's done a lot this year in college football. Um, going with that, I, I don't have a Heisman vote, but as soon as Bryce Young got hurt, I took him off the list of, of Heisman, you know, potential Heisman winners because he did get hurt um, in that, you know, in the game and missed and missed the game against A&M. So if you're going to have Hendon Hooker and, and keep him on the ballot, because honestly, in the Heisman, character doesn't matter anymore. They even took it out of the creed for that reason, because it's clear that it doesn't matter. But it, is, gonna... it is so wide open that it could mean something to an individual voter. Well, correct, to an individual voter. But according to the Heisman creed, I think we all know what's going to happen. Hendon Hooker might be mentioned on there. Um, Bryce Young might be mentioned. You know, there there's some other players that might be mentioned, but we know Caleb Williams is going to win it. I mean, I think everybody knows Caleb Williams is going to win it, even though I don't agree with it, because I think characters should play a role in, in, you know, the Heisman. I think it should, it was in there to begin with and they took it out because of all of the winners being the best player on the best team or the most flashy or the, the, you know, best to watch or, or what have you. I think characters should play a role in the Heisman. The, my issue with Caleb Williams is, and this is again, just how I like to watch college football. I like watching college football where players go out and they let their playing do the talking. They leave it on the field. They, they let their, you know, the way they win or the way they lead their team. I think Ken and hookers, an example, a prime example of somebody that leads his team in such a way that you, he doesn't have to do, Heisman moves on the sidelines, you know, after scoring, because Caleb Williams did that against Notre Dame. You know, yeah. he did that Caleb him. likes him some Caleb all of a sudden. He really does. And and <laughs> I I don't I don't find that to be endearing because I think you should I like Hendon because Hendon goes out and he plays the game and he's not doing the Heisman moves. He's not writing F bombs on his fingernails. I don't know when that became a trend, but okay. Um, he's not doing that. He he just lets his his style of play and his leadership do the talking. That, in my mind, and maybe that's why there's not more women out there voting on the Heisman, because, you know, I feel like we would be like, no, we like the good guy, the, like, sweet guy that goes out there and leads his team and doesn't make a spectacle of everything, and it's just, you know, I'm here, I'm the leader, my team is following me and I'm going to lead them to victory, which I think Hendon did a lot of Caleb Williams. He's an, to me, he's going to be another Baker Mayfield. He's going to be another Johnny Manziel. He's going to be another, you know, Jameis Winston, a flash of, Oh, you're so great. And then boop, you're gone because your ego gets in the way. Yep. 
I could, I could definitely see that. Um, be sure and hit that like button. We appreciate you watching. We're with you each and every morning, a week, weekday morning at 8.30 Eastern time. David said he won't win, but he is in the top five, I think. He got hurt, missed a game. It's the same reason why Bryce Young won't win it again this year. Yeah. So you, you from different perspectives, uh, you, you both brought up Bryce Young. There's one that I think you should, that voters should pay more attention to. I know they're not, but because he won it last year, but that Alabama team is a four loss team if if they've got a major downgrade at quarterback. Well, I mean, clearly. He, he is just I could sit here and make an argument if I could pull all the highlights and line up the top ten highlights from the year, and you'd say Bryce Young. You'd say that guy, whoever that guy is. If you didn't know what football was, you'd say that guy. I, I mean, easily. Um, I'll give him the ultimate compliment. He needs to be a Dallas Cowboy one day. <laughs> Which, you God, with? I hope not. Yeah, I know. Sorry. Uh, yeah, that's the land of false and tainted hopes and dreams. I don't know if he has quite the um, the ego for Dallas. I don't know if he has quite that kind of... I feel like at Dallas, you have to talk crap and you have to like be some kind of like big i don't know last time i think Dak talked stuff is um when he was playing for mississippi state and it was on spring break and things went awry do you remember that video yeah but he still made it to dallas he did all right so who would be your top three then because i mean i have to do this in six days i mean i my top three probably wouldn't even, I mean, they might be in the top five, but they wouldn't be, I wouldn't pick, I put, would not vote for the winner. I would not, I would not vote for CJ Stroud. I've said this from the beginning. I don't think CJ Stroud is that good. I think he's on a really good team. And I think that's why they've been so successful. And they played Michigan and got trounced. I mean, got destroyed. So I just, just so you know, mm-hmm. that contention is out there with some voters that I've talked to. Even before the uh, the Michigan game, a lot of people thought that C.J. Stroud was overrated. So, all right, I'm taking those Thank two you. out. Yeah, there's a lot of people. Um, okay. So I'm taking those two out. Um, who's your Who's your top three then? Putting you on the spot. You gotta you're taking it. out C.J. Stroud and you're taking out Caleb Williams? Yes, because I think you will. I'll Yes, I will take out Caleb Williams because of his just – I'm so sick of seeing Heisman winners that are bad, that have bad character, that end up being an embarrassment to the Heisman Trophy. Like, I'm tired of seeing that. If you don't have a good character um, on and off the field, I don't think you should be in the Heisman. That's, That's my thing. I would have, if I had to do it right now, God, that's so hard. Here's here's where I'm going. So I'm a mix of everything we've talked about. I mean, I don't like particularly like Caleb Williams, but uh, I would have to pick him number one uh, at this point. And I'm not saying this is my final vote. I'm going to dig. I always dig into this. So if anybody the Heisman trust, you're not supposed to give away your your vote before it's announced. So but as of right now, and it could very well change, I, I think I would be. Yeah, I want to see more of the. 
the kid at TCU too. I, 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 I guess I'm really uncertain, which is yeah probably not the best way to go into this. But I'm, I'm definitely not Stetson Bennett. I'm definitely not C.J. Stroud. So I can rule those two out. Um, because Tetson Bennett would be the career award, which I'm afraid a lot of people are going to do in a year of a lot of good contenders. So I'd probably, if if you press me on it, I'd probably go Caleb Dugan Hooker. It's probably what I would do at this point. So you'd put Caleb at one? Yeah. Yeah. I know. I'm not trying to judge. I'm just. No, I know. I feel like I don't like him, but it's the right thing to do. By see, I also don't like the fact that he left his team high and dry. I don't. I don't like that either. But I don't like that either. I know, but like he, there's a lot of things, and again, it's it. It's just my opinion. There's a lot of things about Caleb Williams that rubs it rubs me the wrong way. I feel like we've seen this story over and over and over and over again in the Heisman. Um, he's just, I don't like his character and that would be a big, big red flag for me. Like I, the same reason I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have given it to Johnny Manziel. I don't, just, I don't, I don't like his character. Baker Mayfield. I did not like Baker Mayfield's character at, you know, when he was at Oklahoma and grabbing his junk and all that stuff. I, di- I didn't like it. I don't like it. It, it. I don't think people or or football players with that kind of character should be awarded, a, you know, a, a trophy like that. I don't think you should be rewarded that because that I feel like that teaches other up and coming players that it's OK and that it's acceptable and people love it when you do things like that. Like the nails, like F off or whatever it said. That's just, why? It was, like, yeah, it was a F Notre Dame. Uh, yeah, what's what's the point? I would, my, my three, I'll give you my two. I'll give you two. I would have Hendon Hooker and I'd have Bryce Young. For, if nothing else, A, they, you know, they killed it at their respective programs without them. Like you said, Alabama would have four losses without Bryce Young, if not more than that. Without Hendon Hooker, I feel like Tennessee would have probably four losses, if, again, not more than that. So I would put Hendon Hooker at one just because of what he was able to do with the with the talent he had around him. I'd have Bryce Young at number two. And honestly, I think I'd probably, as sad as this is, I would put – Michigan's quarterback at three. You don't have Dugan anywhere there? No, not really. I, I just don't. The, the Big 12 thing burns me, and I know it shouldn't, but it, it does. And that's probably why I'm not a Heisman voter. But I, I like, I think the three that I picked, I like them because of their leadership. All right. Let's get to this day in sports history. It's brought to you by Vassy Lawn and Garden. Man Alive, it's worth a drive. Vassy Lawn and Garden has industrial mowers they have the commercial mowers and the residential mowers you're not going to believe what happened on this day in sports history thank you Brittany, for sending that this morning i've got all of december set up this day in sports history is now this day in sports history 
putting things in perspective exclusively on off the hook sports with dave hooker you're so old when you were a kid rainbows were black and white and amanda lafrada you kids on the block just called they wanted you as a backup dancer all righty so this day in sports history uh, as far as Tennessee is concerned, then I'll throw out a national one as well. November the 28th, the Vols shut out Vanderbilt 41 to zip in 1998 and would go on to the SEC championship game, eventually win the national championship. T. Martin threw for 241 yards. Peerless Price had 181 receiving yards, including one 67-yard TD, Travis Henry and Travis Stevens. Both ran for touchdowns. That was a pretty good duo there. And as far as nationally, what happened in this day in uh, sports history? Not a lot. <laughs> Just to be real frank with you. America's first auto race was organized by the Chicago Times-Herald. It was Chicago to Evanston and back. Six cars, 55 miles. Rubbin's racing. Put them in the wall. I don't think it was like that. It's probably the big open wheel things. They probably couldn't touch it all, right? What were they like? What did they call those old cars? Those really, really old cars? Help me on the message board, guys. I don't know. Wouldn't be like a model. It, that's like Model T years, isn't it? You got me. That <laughs> would be model 1895. Yeah, that's Model T years. Uh, so that's this day in sports history. And again, it's uh, brought to you by our friends at Bassey Lawn and Garden Man Alive. It's worth the drive. Green Wave says horseless carriage. Hey, if you're just tuning in for one of the first times or one of the many times, it really helps us to hit that like button. So we greatly appreciate that. Go ahead and hit it now uh, before you cruise on with your day. Uh, Roy said Hooker did more in nine games than the others did in 10. I know. I know, Roy. That's where I am. I don't take much convincing on this. And it's the number one offense in the nation, both in yards and points per game. I don't know why Caleb Williams would be number one then. I'm not done. Well, you <laughs> said he was number one, Dave. And I've got five more days. Very I'll, against that. I overly stressed over this. All right. It's uh, message board bingo time. Message board bingo is all about Amanda LaFrada doing extensive research over the weekend and finding a post on a message board that she finds quite humorous. And then what happens? Hilarity, because Amanda will read the post. And if you can uh, tell us who exactly or what team's board that was posted on, then you're going to win a uh, either a gift certificate or a gift pack. From Owl's Nest Barbecue. Owl's Nest Barbecue in Ottawa is phenomenal. Owl's Nest Barbecue has all the barbecue supplies you might need, the rubs and the sauces, and also it has the Green Mountain Grills, which are phenomenal. Craft Treats as well. You got to check out Craft Treats. Uh, go to crafttreats.com. They got the chill pills that help with the digestive issues, the uh, arthritis issues, anxiety issues. And all you have to do is use off the hook as a promo code and you get 20% off. Use off the hook, but you might just win a gift certificate right now as it is time for message board bingo, Amanda. Okay. Oh, there's so many good ones. 
There's I imagine so this weekend there was. Yes, there's so many good ones. I love it. Okay, so let's go with. I'm going between two. Okay, so. I want to win. Go get a coach that strikes fear in other schools. Go get the second best coach of the 21st century. It's time to be respected and feared again. Give me Urban. Okay. By the way, Matt Rule got rich in Nebraska. For the record, it's ridiculous. <laughs> Nine million a year, dear lord. Gosh. Um, I think I know who it is. I think it's no, it wouldn't be OSU or you, Mitchell. Do you mean Oklahoma State or Ohio State? It wouldn't wouldn't be either. I wouldn't think. Um, I think I know who it is. Is it in the SEC? We're not giving you that. Okay, you got five seconds, message board, to come up with a winner. Or I think I got this one. No, I think it's all. It's Auburn, but Mitchell was actually really close because there are a lot of uh, Ohio State fans. Yeah, because Ryan Day lost by 22. Well, I get that, and he's lost two games to Michigan in a row, but... And they want Urban back. They loved Urban. Okay, well, I get the point. Well, there's a good dude. Speaking of just really compelling characters. Got one more. Okay, good work. All right. Sail out this program and hire Urban Meyer already. It's a different fan base. Everybody wants Urban. I don't, I don't know. Turn into the John Gruden of modern day coaching searches. Yes. Um, Orange Blood says Florida. Mm-mm. I don't know who it is. Brittany telling us that I got to tell you, December's this day in Tennessee sports history is so weak. <laughs> Way to tease it forward, Brittany. But thank you for the list. Um, Is this SEC? No. Okay. You got five seconds, message board friendlies. Be sure to hit the like button. Yeah. Be sure and hit that like button. Mitchell says Clemson. No, but that's also a good guess. Everyone wants Urban. Okay, I'm going to stick with Auburn. No. Okay. Oklahoma. Oklahoma where the sun beats down upon the range. You want to go to the next line? No, I don't know the next line. So. Neither. I used to. Uh, no, Orange would have went to Nebraska as well, but no, it's none of those. Okay, so tomorrow we'll talk a little Tennessee basketball with uh, Caleb Calhoun and also might get a former ball on here to talk about Tennessee's response. I don't want to tease anything or give anything away, but there's a good chance of that. So be sure and tune in. Hit that like button before you get out of here. Do me that favor. I greatly appreciate it. Subscribe if you have not. And I want to remind you that city heating and air conditioning is where integrity matters. They handle all HVAC concerns there in the Knoxville area. So for Amanda LaPrada, 
I'm Dave Hooker. Have a fantastic day, everyone. This has been a presentation of Off the Hooks Sports.